Uh, what's up, team? We are back for episode six of Behind the Scenes of a Physique Competitor podcast. Now, today we've got a very special guest on, Fidel. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So we're going to get started and, you know, I want you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, the shows that you've done in the past, how they went, and uh, any hobbies that you have outside of training. Yeah, yeah, too easy. So uh, in terms of uh, a little bit about myself, so currently reside in Melbourne, where I've lived here since 2018. Um, so sent here for work, I'm in the military. And so I've been doing that for 10 years as of Monday. Yeah, yeah I know. Long, long service, service leave. Yeah, yeah, long service. Get, get, get amongst yeah. it, I am ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and so, yeah, so that, that, that's what I do for, for, for work, which keeps me pretty busy, pretty active, uh, which also inhibited a lot of my comp prep uh, aspirations for quite some time. I mean, uh, when I first sort of started getting involved in it, you know, uh, we'd spend up to about, you know, 160 days out in the bush a year. So, you know, that's that's a significant period where you're not eating much and you um, and it's really hard to train and your body's pretty adaptive. But finally, in uh, 2019, I got the chance to do uh, my first show, which was with WBFF in um, in the May show, which we placed second in that one. Prepped again in 2020 uh, for the same show, but uh, obviously uh, because of COVID-19, um, that that didn't go go to plan. And then just competed in the April show on the Gold Coast with WBFF again um, and repeated the same result, which is a, a second place in the men's um, fitness. So that's those those comp milestones still crack, uh, still yet to crack that that first place. Hobby-wise, you know, I'm a big advocate. I, I'm studying at uni, doing a master's degree. I study French language as well. So constantly doing, doing my tutoring once a week uh, with a professional uh, enterprise Um with that, I uh, playing guitar, I surf, snowboard, and just try and uh, try and diversify my portfolio. A bit of cooking, a bit of painting. Yeah, try and hey, do man. it all. So you, um, you get your fingers in every single pie there is available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's important to to capitalize on on opportunity and also to be more than you know that single point of focus being bodybuilding. It's a, it's a hobby and it's a sport. But it's it's one component, and it's very. I've I've found through comp prep, it's very important to make sure that the other foundational aspects of your life that contribute to what makes you happy that you really solidify what they are. Hundred percent. Otherwise, everything else seems to fall apart around you. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You, it, too, too often, you see it on Instagram all the time. Is you know a lot of competitors. Are, are solely focused on that one thing, which is which is which is great. You know that he, um there's that there's a conversation that Tyler Perry talks about, about focusing on your goals. And if you water too many seeds, then you won't actually allow that one plant to flourish. But so you're investing all into one thing, but then the downside of that is if you just solely focus on, on, on bodybuilding and you don't attain the results that you're, that you're searching for, because you know, everyone's coming to the stage to win. Then the one thing that you're measuring success and happiness in life is constantly failing. And that, that would take its toll, no doubt. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Take a toll on everyone's body. With such a subjective sport, you know, you, you really are, you know, just setting yourself up to fail if you are going to sort of only derive your success from one thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's um, and, 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 and subjective is the, is, is the right way to put it. Not saying that you have, you know, of course, every sport has bias and you win or you lose and everyone will be like, <laughs> oh, like, you should have placed this and you should have done this. And, it takes a little bit of humility to actually then look back and say, you know what, I got the place because, you know, and there's always going to be inconsistencies and discrepancies, but you also have to be humble and say, yep, 
I actually need to improve this. And I, I actually do concur with the judge's report on that one. And, and he, he has, has a better midsection or he's got more in his quads or whatever it is. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to beat yourself up. Just, you know, crack on with the next task. Take the, take the feedback, regardless if you believe in it or not. If your friends left and right, everyone will always have bias towards you, specifically those who are close to you. But yeah, you just got to just, just, just crack on. Just, you know, don't let it uh, consume you. Where some people, they'll start posting rants on bloody Instagram yes. about, yeah. and it's just poison. It doesn't do any, any good to yeah. anyone. Especially family members, I reckon, are the worst of that. Like, they're always like, especially like mum or dad, they're just like, oh, you look so good. Like, you look better than this person up there. Like, why didn't you get it? And it's just a bias. Yeah, thing, yeah. I reckon. And you and, yeah. and you'd hope so too. You'd hate for yeah. your mum and dad to be like, "Oh, you look like shit," you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's what I got. I got, "Geez, you look tiny out there compared to them." <laughs> oh, but I remember in your show, right? So size size isn't isn't a defining factor. One of the best bodies in our show was, I think he got fourth, the little Asian bloke. Yeah, he. Yeah. What is his name? I've got him on Instagram. I, I can't yes. remember. Jim, like, Jim. Yeah, Gim something, something like or that. Yeah, he, um, yeah. His conditioning, unreal, unreal. And the dude, I, yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've followed him since we met in that engagement. And that's what's great about the show is you link in with so many people. Um, yeah, definitely. And the, the, the dude's a weapon, it, regardless of size. And he came up and he was like, oh, I need to get shoulders like that. And I'm like, mate, I need to get cut like this. You know, the, the, um, yeah. the, amount of, the amount of conditioning that he had, it was just, it was phenomenal. So size isn't everything. Yeah. Nah, definitely. And he's, he's um, chest, man. Like, it was just phenomenal. Like, the, the cut in his chest and everything. It was just mm. unreal. And he could bloody move. That's one yeah, thing. Yeah, great, like, great poser. Yeah. Yep. Nah, definitely. What would, what would you say influenced you to start training for, like, a comp? I think, for me, for many years, I just trained. I just went to the gym. I was uneducated in terms of my diet and my regime I, I'd, I'd go into the gym wearing the stringer backs from asn yeah. um <laughs> man i grew up on the gold coast like it was it was classic i'm also a wog so i you know like just get me a bum bag and i'm good to go yeah. you know? <laughs> so, um, but i think for me for so long i was just you know um I, I was dirty bulked for ages. So I got up to 110 was my heaviest. And for, for a bit of perspective is, you know, 110 at my heaviest in 2014, 15. And don't get me wrong. I was moving some weight, you know, I box squat 250 kilos. Yeah. Whereas on the reverse side of my last show, I was on stage at 78.9. A dramatic, dramatic change. And, and in terms of how my body has changed through being smarter and, and, and actually looking towards a goal and saying, you know what, I want to, I want to train for the purpose of actually competing and, and testing that measure of success. I think what sparked it for me is sort of validating my reason for training rather than just being a dude who goes to the gym to lift weights, to just walk around in a death by zero t-shirt. That's, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's thick on the sides of the arm. That's like, yeah. you know what I need to, I need to actually validate that with some form of, of competition. And, and that's where bodybuilding sort of comes into it. Yeah, definitely. 110 is a yeah, big weight. And I, oh, I noticed I even could... you now, man, you're very lean off, off, um, off season. I reckon like you stay very lean. Yeah. I try not to, I try not to blow out too much. So I'm at 90, 91 now. So, uh, you know, about 11, 12 kilos up from stage weight, but still float around that 15% body fat. So enough to move weight, you know, I eat pizza once a week and, smashed block of chocolate today like 
you know, yeah. um, <laughs> but nothing, but, but, you know, nothing, uh, I still, you know, my off season diet at the moment is about 33 to 3,500 cows. And then occasionally I'll spill over if I'm having pizza, you know, I might hit around that four or 5,000 on, on one day, once, a, once, once a week or once every two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Just out of curiosity, how did you find you moved when you were 110? How did you feel moving around, like just daily living, like walking and, and whatnot? Do you notice a difference between that compared to what you were down at 70, um, 78 or whatever it was that you were sort of competing at versus now at 90, 91? Yeah, hugely, especially with my work. So, I mean, I, I, in 2016 was when I started being like, all right, let's cut, cut some of this, this, this bulk. And, uh, you know, I went from a 30, 36 pant to I'm rocking a 29 to 30, 30 waist at the moment. Legs have still leg, you know, legs still sit at the 32, 34, but you know, where my actual bone structure is, you know, you're just holding this excess weight. So running, you know, for work was really difficult. You get shin splints where I sit now is sort of what I sort of, I call my comfortable fighting weight, yeah. which um, you know, with my testing that we do in the military allows me to do, you know, my 2.4 K run, which we have to do in a certain time. I can clock that within about nine, nine minutes, 20. So I can, I can move pretty effectively. I can do muscle ups. I can do some of that sort of those athletic movements much more than um, what I did when I was just this big round stay puff marshmallow man from ghostbusters so yeah that's it why did you pick the wbff federation out of curiosity yeah so it was always a tight toss-up between icn uh, imba so i'm a natty and i've always been a natty and for me it was those were the there was the limiting competitions that you could do as uh, tested natural competitions however they don't really have the legs and growth that I feel some of the other untested federations have, such as WBFF, IFBB, specifically IFBB. That's an incredible federation because of its link to the Olympia. WBFF fitness category was for me, uh, when I did an assessment of my physique, was the, was the division and the federation that I could do best still as a natural competing in an untested federation that had the longevity or the, the breadth or depth of, um, of, a, of a, a federation. Specifically, if you win, you know, the aim is to, is to obviously place first and get, you know, pro status and then to compete internationally as a pro, you know, over in the London show or in the Las Vegas, in a, sorry, uh, Atlanta show, et cetera. What would your goal be for your next comp? Like as in just even with yourself, what would you... What would your goal be? So obviously the the elephant in the room is that first place, the elusive <laughs> yeah. first place. Um, and, and and rightly so. 2019, second, the guy that beat me looked at the physiques and he had more size. Now the sub the subjective nature of that was whether the size is too big for that particular category, because you know, his next show was muscle model because of his size. But having said that, the guy that placed third won second one first place in muscle Shaq, who's got an amazing rig his genetics are yeah. phenomenal so it's, it was really confusing um you know in the show i just did recently the guy that beat me again just as hungry had had uh had just as many you know bridesmaids and never the brides uh never the bride moments and you know looking at his physique and he's like i'm like yeah i got him here but he's got me here and he's got me here and he's got me here whatever it is so you know um 
analyzing those things. And so the goal is to make noticeable changes in the areas that I need to. So I want to build out my glutes more, or I want to come in even drier through the midsection, for instance. So those are physical cues that I can identify based on previous experience. Uh, so I'd say that that that's a, that's a key goal. One of the ones that I achieved from this last show is I wanted to nail my posing better. And, and I, and I feel that I did. I feel that when you collectively weighed us up across the stage, the posing, I, I, I got down pat. And so I'm fully confident in that component. So the next one is to make those physical changes that I need to, to bring in something new and different into the next show. Definitely. How- Who do you, um, do you pose in? Bye. I, myself. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. How- so I, I, trained myself but but drawing inspiration from you know watching frank zane and those older school bodybuilders that steve reeves and then and and a bit of you know there's a bit of a poetry in it you know um it's a bit of a dance and it's working out you know what one pose might look good for me it might look like shit for you so yeah um and that's the cool thing about wbff is you're allowed to bespoke your poses a little bit Whereas IFBB, you know, this, 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 you, you have to hit the same ones. And so that way, uh, if you're weak in something, it's like everyone can see. Yeah, everyone yeah, notices. Yeah. yeah. A little bit more chance yeah. for flavor. Yeah, exactly right. I think that's the, that's the cool thing about the, oh, I will say like WBFF has got an awesome family environment. Um, you know, when you're backstage, everyone's buzzing. Everyone's really happy to be there. Um there's a real showmanship to the entire show. Whereas when you watch some of the other federations, you know, they, they, it's all about the business. They come in, they get it done. They leave. No one's talking, no one's communicating, no one's enjoying the experience. Whereas when you're on the stage for WFF, you know, you've got the, and now welcome to the stage number four, two, seven. And you're like, and you get, you get up for it, you, you know, and it adds to that, you know, and the end of the day, whatever result you get, you're like, I was glad that I, that I did that though, you know, I pushed myself and I feel good about it. You know, I'm at, I'm at my physical best, regardless of how that is peered against my peers or pitted against my peers. It, you get excited by it. So. 100%. And how far out from the show did you start working on your posing? So I guess, uh, oh, <laughs> cause of my ego, you know, you're always looking at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Practicing yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I think even in your off season, you were still hitting poses cause you, because you know, you're egotistical, you look at yourself and you go, "Bang! I look amazing in that that double buy." But um, but then it's probably about you know eight weeks. That's when when you start to see your body actually not looking like a potato, and you're coming in and you can actually see you know your your arms are getting cut, the legs are getting cut. That's where it starts to get important about feeling comfortable with you know the set series of poses that you do at different turns because you need to become so familiar that you can transition from one to another without having to think you know that you want to hit what i call your hero pose which is that first one that you come out with and it's 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 the game changer it's the one that will that will that will definitely take a photo of and that's that's your strong front pose that you're presenting your package and so you need to be able to get back to that whether you're flicking off to the you know you're on the right and you're doing a particular pose and then you want to mix it up because it's now a bit of, you know, free play and come back and show everyone. I think for the last show, I one of my, my signature ones was the Luferigno bloody, you know, two arms out showing the pythons kind of thing. And it, and it, and it, it looked awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's, but that's genetically because I, I'm, I'm lucky that I've got pretty defined and large, thick arms, big veins coming through my forearms and everything. So it was a pose that works and it looks when pitted against the others, 
looks great. Whereas there's some poses that I did that some others can do where I'm like, it just doesn't, doesn't suit my body. It doesn't suit my flow. What has been the biggest positives and or awesome negatives that you've gained from your past comp prep experiences? Okay. So positives is, is that sense of satisfaction as you, as you are hitting goals, as you are creating new milestones for yourself and assessing your body accordingly. Cause it's, it's like that case of you, you don't know where you're going. If you don't know where you've been kind of thing, you need to, you need to know what your, what your, what, what your current state is. And you go, when I, when I get down to 4% body fat, this is what I look like. All right. So if I actually want to make some changes now, I know exactly how it all looks when it comes to stage. So I need to now do legs twice a week for the next year, for instance. So I think that's a really positive because it's a great, it's a great evaluation tool, which is also partially why I only commit to a single show a year. Um, as a natural, I can't physically make any changes in a three-month turnaround that are going to make my package that I present on stage any different. In terms of uh, negative exposure or negative experience, I think undoubtedly the level of selfishness that you start to, I want to say emulate, it's not the right word, but you start to demonstrate or or, or among others, you get very self-centered simply because you're tired and hungry and focused on a goal. Um, that, that is a negative sort of side because you can see, especially with partners and stuff like that, you can see how that, um, that can be perceived or received by others. You just sound a bit like a jerk sometimes, not always, but you can become a little bit, a little bit short. And I don't think you going through a, a comp prep is any excuse to be an asshole. Um, however, it sometimes is an inevitable truth. The other negative is, is which is, I, I say negative, but also a positive because it's all about learning is seeing the effects of a show or post show what it does to you mentally um through you know low uh, serotonin levels low dopamine levels the post comp blues etc that's a really negative experience if you are subjected to it and but also very interesting to see wow okay that's that's my head state because of X, Y, and Z and, and, uh, and talking to other competitors and finding out other people who were like, yep, you know, I, I really hit a low once that the high and that rush of the comp has disappeared. And I'm now in a comp uh, in my off season where every day my body is actually getting worse. I'm still fit and healthy. And by worse, it means it's getting back to its steady state, that plateau. But I don't have the, the bulging abs and the, and the, you know, the, the thin skin that I did, I'm, I'm now, I'm holding, I'm holding fat in the ribbon that goes around my midsection, you know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm not as cut through the leg. Granted, I'm not as exhausted because I'm not doing, you know, 20,000 steps a day or whatever, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so that, that, that definitely is a negative aspect of, um, of, of competing is, is actually, it can have a, a bit of a, a bit of an effect on your headspace. Let's just dive back down into the post-comp blues. Did you experience yep. that after your shows? And if you did, was there a certain sort of thing that you implemented to flip the, I guess, flip your headspace around to be back towards like a recovery sort of mindset? Yeah. So first show, not at all. Last, so I've prepped for three, but only been able to execute two. The last two, not at all. This one in April, 100%. And I think, I think it came stemmed a little bit from coming out of, I mean, in Melbourne, we've had, I think a total of 170 days being in lockdown collectively. 
So having had that proceeding followed by a relationship breakdown last year, you know, Mrs. And, 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 and myself didn't work out. So those sort of components followed then into, into comp prep at the end of that, still, I guess, harboring onto some of those that, you know, the additional pain of coupled with then hormone imbalances, just purely from, you know, fatigue and adrenal fatigue and stuff like that. Um, 100%, you know, uh, and, and still ongoing um, in terms of headspace. Sometimes you just feel, just feel truly, truly, but the, the way to combat that I'm, I'm lucky in terms of my mental resilience is quite high, but also my ability to self-analyze the situation um, to the point that I can identify and be like, all right, I'm, when I say sick, you know, I, I need help in this department. And so that's, that's specifically this year why I've looked at so many new hobbies and other, other sort of um, different, different things to, to fill my life with, with other, other happiness in order to create a, a stronger structure for, for when those things sort of fall apart. I think that's very valuable. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Nah. Um, what would be your, your general prep, uh, time length like a, for example for, for the yeah. most part my preps have been like okay. 20 week long fairly consistent you know not too aggressive mm-hmm. so yeah. um i i would advise um always above uh, 18 18 to 25 i haven't haven't done any more than 16 so i did my first prep was a 16 week prep the the 2021 was an 18 week prep and the last one was a 12-week prep. Not advisable at all, uh, <laughs> especially, especially the 12-week one. That, that, um, I think that was part of the reason why it, it hit me so much harder is because my body was required to work just remarkably harder than it had to in the past. And, uh, and so the next show that I do will be at least, uh, will be anywhere between a 20 to 24-week prep. I think that's the ideal time frame just because um the one when i did 2020 specifically you know my starting diet i think um oh sorry i'll use 2019 it's probably a better example because i finished the comp but my the lowest that my calories got were two days out from stage i was on 2550 not bad That's yeah good. heaps of food still you know nothing crazy uh but I, and i started the prep at 2900 so every four weeks we drop a hundred cows which is you know one english muffin you can't have you know, throw that away. <laughs> like, you, know you, you start yeah you, and, and, and uh i was always pretty flexible with my diet so even in prep i'd go out for nando's but i'd make sure i'd factor it in it's the nando's tenderloins with the spicy rice yep i know that this is a total of 550 cows and it equals this but um because you've got to have some flexibility but uh i i definitely think that a longer prep uh, as long as you have the resilience of boredom, you know, because the longer that, you know, some guys do eight weeks and if they're unnatural, kind of a little bit easier because they can run whatever they want to try and speed that process up. But, you know, as a as a natural, your body doesn't move that quickly. So giving yourself more time allows you just to gently ease into it. And what has been the biggest life hack or prep hack that you've discovered over because you've done three preps now. So usually I find that, yep. you know, we, we all generally tend to find something that makes our life incredibly easier. <laughs> Has there been anything like that? Sugar-free jelly. <laughs> I still, I still eat sugar-free jelly now because it's delicious and I'm a child, but um, 
but sugar free sugar free jelly was great because I'd have uh, I still do have two liters a day. Um, don't get me wrong, I piss like a racehorse, but um, <laughs> great great in prep when you just when you're bored and you need food to keep you busy or you just want something you want a treat and then you can have a whole liter of sugar-free jelly. And that's, that's 60 cows with 12 grams of protein. And that's, that's an awesome win. All my hacks come down to food because it's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's hundred percent. That's, you know, you're just waiting, waiting to your next meal. The other thing is keeping busy working from home in comp prep is terrible because your fridge is just, you know, so close. And before you know it, you've eaten, all of your meals up until dinner within the space from eight o'clock in the morning to 10 30. And then you were just hating life waiting for the next opportunity to eat. So if you're busy, if you go out for a run first thing, or you try and uh, almost do intermittent fasting up until maybe 11 o'clock, if you can, you, that's actually a lot easier because then it gives you all this extra food to play with throughout the rest of the day. Do you have a favorite muscle group to train and um, what's your current training split look like? Yeah. Um, favorite. Ooh, I do really like hammies because it's one of those muscle groups that like you, you can, you just really feel it. And to the point where you're like, I'm about to snap something. I can, I can tell. Yeah. Also a massive, massive fan of arm day just because um, there's heaps of diversity from, you know, hand placement to using cables to bars to seated to, I was using the arm blaster today, you know, and that's, you're just feeling like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I'm a big fan of arms and I do like hammies. In terms of split, so I train uh, at the moment five five days a week, and uh, and that will conclude uh, at least two leg sessions. So I usually rope things in um, like shoulders and chest, or arms and and shoulders, or uh, lately it's been back and by shoulders and tries. Chest I usually dedicate to by itself at the moment, and then um, split my legs across those ones, and then still give myself two days of of rest but i'm usually pretty active whether i'm on the spin bike or going for a run or a hike or, or doing something do you have a favorite prep food i mean you just talked about your sugar-free jelly would that be up yep. there on the list yeah I, i'm a, a big fan of sugar-free jelly and oh what else do i crave on prep i actually got into tofu a bit on the last prep tofu yeah yeah because of the because of the fats in it so um you try it because you're eating, you know, because for, for me as a, as a male, I found that I work better on, on carbohydrates. So making sure my carbs are high, but if my fats are too low, I found myself sort of losing a bit of mental clarity. So tofu was a great way for me to introduce a high amount of fat, good fats, as well as protein, especially in my dinner. And that way I keep my fat levels consistent rather than, you know, having to try and binge into a chocolate bar or something like that. Because if your fats are too low, that's where you get those cravings. What advice would you give someone that is contemplating on competing? Apart from the fact to simply go and do it, uh, regardless of how worried you are about how you look, is 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 one, definitely just commit and crack on um, because it's so rewarding to be able to, to be able to assess yourself just for, your, just for yourself. The other, other thing is... Um, is make sure you book photo shoots because 100% you look the best that you look at the moment in time. You look amazing. So make sure you capture that, that memory and get a coach that you trust. It's really hard with coaches because everyone has an expectation of what, what a coach should do. And there are so many out there who are just after the money in their bank account and they'll give you a very generic plan and a very generic sort of um, interaction. And you want someone to be almost as just as invested in the goal that you're trying to attempt as you are. 
Yeah, definitely. Where do you source most of your motivation and discipline from? I'd say probably life um, is in terms of growing up a certain, you know, a certain way, you know, family environment or whatever. And then definitely uh, I I think my work contributes a lot to that sort of that discipline Um, being in the military and and it's sort of ingrained in you to sort of create goals and create, you know, uh, do evaluations and assessments and hold yourself accountable and remain disciplined. Uh, to some extent. So I think that definitely shapes how I move into a prep. All right. We might wrap it up. Um, where can the audience find you on your socials? You just go to my Instagram, Fidel Palmero, um, just my first and last name. And uh, and I'll be the handsome, handsome gentleman there doing strange videos of me singing and cooking food. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't miss it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, team. Be uh, sure to like and subscribe and then leave us a review. And if you really like it, share us around. Thanks, team.